Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, we feel like a little boy who's lost his first tooth. Put it under his pillow, waiting for the tooth fairy to come. Only two evil burglars have crept in our window and snatched it before she could get there. Wait a second, listeners. Do you even understand the concept of the tooth fairy? Oh, who the hell cares? We're talking 2003's The Rundown. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, folks. This is our 113th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wabam Entertainment. That's W-O-B-A-M Entertainment. Tonight, in the final entry of our Hops and Rock Bottom Flops series, we are lost in the canopied jungles of Brazil, searching for the fabled Ogato do Diablo. That's the devil cat. Cat devil. Aren't all cats the devil? Meow. for tonight, on this quest, along with me are Mr. Monkey Balls himself, Chumpzilla. I also feel like the Tooth Fairy, but I won't repeat that speech. Uh, true story. Uh, the monkey more voraciously humped the rock's face, but that would have gotten them an R rating, so they had to reposition the monkey to only hump the side of his face. And somehow that scene still inspired Indiana Jones 4, but whatever. Yeah. Oh gosh. And mm, we've got Mutt. <laughs> yeah, Mutt. And we've got one of our pals from the Double Turn podcast, the J-Man. Welcome back, buddy. Finally, the J-Man has come back to hops and effing box office flops. Brothers, great to see you all, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, this is exciting because you know. Obviously, you're a big wrestling fan. You're on a wrestling podcast, and I've appeared on said podcast on a number of occasions. You're also a big rock fan and rock early rock movie apologist. Texted me before we got on here. He's like, you know, I would have defended The Walking Tall. And I'm like, it's not defensible. (laughs) Can you (laughs) smell what the early rock is cooking? You know, to be fair, it probably didn't smell very good. Uh, <laughs> it was at least half baked. It was at least half baked, more baked than Jamie Kennedy. Yeah. Um, I listen. It, I get it. Uh, Walking Tall isn't great from a cinematic experience. I appreciate it for what it is, but uh, I think you guys give Nate McDonough a little bit too much credit. I don't think that he's as, he's that great in that movie. But I think you guys are Nate McDonough apologists the same way i'm an early rock apologist so there's that um but listen this movie this movie yo this movie's where it's at though that's it that's a question that's going to come up because this honestly is the best of the early rock movies and we're going to talk about that when we get there but points order you can find the show on twitter facebook and instagram at hops and flops you can find myself at writer tlk uh chumzilla when you're not beating up a band of uh, people half your size where can they find you you can find me wandering the brazilian wilderness on twitter at chumpzilla8 and uh jayman introduce uh where they can find you on social and then tell us a little bit about the double turn and where they can find that 
Yeah, man, for sure. Absolutely. Well, you guys can go ahead and check me out on both Instagram and now on Twitter, which we opened up just not too long ago. So on Instagram, you can find me at the one and only JMan19. Of course, you can find the Double Turn Podcast at the Double Turn Podcast. You can find my co-host, Boss Ross, at Ross, the real boss 85 on Instagram and Boss Ross TDT on Twitter. And you can find the Double Turn Podcast at TDT Wrestling Pod. You can also go ahead and check us out at Wabam. We are now Wabam Brethren, and I'm very, very excited about that. So shout out to Wabam. They're the homies. Um, And yeah, you go ahead and can take take a look at us there. Um, The Double Turn Podcast. We're a wrestling podcast. We're both Ross and I here in Arizona, along with T-Dubs. And uh, we talk about anything and everything having to do with wrestling, or at least we try to. We just dropped our newest episode. It's actually featuring Boss Ross himself. I have, uh, I'm on a little bit of a, of a hiatus um, with some personal stuff, but uh, I had made the promise to T-Dubs that I was going to go ahead and make this show. So I'm very, very happy about that. But uh, Boss Ross is killing the game over there. We just dropped our newest episode. He's talking AEW Double or Nothing. He's talking the WWE releases that happened over this week. And he's talking why uh moose over in impact wrestling is absolutely amazing and why you should be paying attention to him so go check that out that's the double turn podcast we're on every platform and uh yeah whenever i'm not trying to avoid a monkey humping me in the face you can find me on all those social medias that i just mentioned so big news now this obviously will be dated by the time this drops but andrade is all elite yeah so very Let's very happy about that go whoop, whoop. Uh, the rundown you can find on across platforms for $3.99. I bought it uh, during the pandemic. I, I, I've been on like a buying spree of $5.99 VOD movies. So if I see something I like for $5 or less, I buy it. And this was one of them. So I own it. Oh no. Yeah. This is a good movie. Uh, On to the beer for tonight. Uh, In honor of the devil's cat, we're drinking Elysian's Dayglow IPA. Uh, the can has a tiger on it. I thought that was a good enough connection. It seemed to fit to me. Uh, Dayglow is a bright and crisp IPA, and it carries a 7.4% ABV, which is Captain Cash approved. It has 65 IBUs, which I've gone on to discover as international bitter units, bitterness units. It has a touch of wheat hazes that softens it. It's also packed with juicy hops featuring pineapple and tropical fruit flavors and aromas. If you have this beer, you will immediately taste or smell the fruit. Uh, for me, because of that, it's very acidic. And you know, we talk about this a lot on the pod. I have a sensitive tum-tum. Oh, no. Uh, I would give this one and a half movies tops because I'm on number two now and I'm already feeling the acid reflux. <laughs> so, mm. It is good, but it's very fruity. I'm not a super big fan of overbearing fruit flavor. So... Well, uh, Uncle Chumzilla chime in here. I do not have uh, Dayglow with me at the moment, but I've had it in the past. So I can comment that your review is pretty accurate. And because of our different palates there, Thunderous Wizard, I would give it a, a two beer rating. Uh, but I am drinking another uh, Elysian uh, beverage here. I have got the Full Contact Imperial Hazy IPA because I couldn't get the Dayglow. And this is... It's your pretty standard uh, Imperial uh, Hazy IPA. It's pretty hoppy. It's pretty strong, like at 8.8% uh, ABV. I'm not going to give a full review because I'll save it for another day because perhaps I can use this beer for one of my pods. But uh, yeah, I wish I could have the Day Glow because that's a much easier drink. But uh, hey, this full contact is not bad either. So 
regardless cheers gentlemen and uh let's continue with the review well speaking of full contact this movie is just that it is very hard hitting and it was directed by peter berg uh, Mr. Roper, Mr. Roper Berg, that is. Uh, at the time, this was his second movie. He'd done very bad things uh, where they killed the hooker and barrier in the Nevada desert. Which is great. That's a great movie. Um, and he did a couple of TV shows. And now, of course, he's had a pretty illustrious career behind the lens. He's done Deepwater Horizon, The Kingdom, Lone Survivor. He's, he, you know, he's a prominent director. Uh, I'll forever know him as Irish Terry Conklin from The Great White Hype, but... <laughs> that's oh, immediately no. what i think of when i see peter berg because that movie is spectacular that's the boxing movie with yeah. uh yeah samuel yeah. jackson uh well with everybody i mean it's it's one of the most stacked casts yeah wow yeah, uh, well, yeah so yeah so, yeah let's be clear uh uh he's a dual threat director actor yes he's got over 50 active credits as well uh nice. yeah this movie stars Dwayne, I was still just The Rock, Johnson as Beck, Sean, eight inches around William Scott as Travis Walker, <laughs> Christopher, New York, I, I mean Kansas, Walken as Hatcher, Rosario Mubies Dawson as Mariana, Ewan Mubies. Charlie ah. Renner as Declan, William Piney Lucking as Walker, Ernie Kino Reyes Jr. as Manito, and Donatello. And uh, John, real genius, Greece as Harvey. He's in real genius. And bonus points to either of you if you can tell me what character John Greece plays in real genius. <laughs> he lives in like the bowels of the school. He's been there forever. It's Laszlo Hollyfeld, smartest guy to ever go to the school. I- I've never okay. watched. I've never watched Real Genius. So oh I'm my sorry. gosh, you gotta watch it. <laughs> I haven't seen it for like twenty five years. You so have yeah. to watch it. It okay. is so great. I will add that to the list. I will add that to the list. Uh, the rundown, which is also great, but not as great as Real Genius because almost nothing is. Uh, opened on September twenty third, two thousand three. It faced eh, almost no competition because it opened against Under the Tuscan Sun and Duplex, uh, which. Not surprising that it finished first with 18.5 million, but it only amassed 80.6 million worldwide in its run, which was below its $85 million budget. That's a head scratcher for me. Uh, it's it's one of his more well-reviewed movies of his early career. It's 68% yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes with 153 reviews. Users gave it 66, which what? That's how much he liked Walking Tall, and that movie's nearly unwatchable. Yeah, that <laughs> so, doesn't add up. No. So I'm at a loss. Uh, this movie should have made money. This is a decent yeah. action movie starring a very likable guy who actually shows off his talents in this movie as opposed to Walking Tall where he's as stiff as a board or as stiff as the puster stick he carries around and doesn't mm. flash the charm. Right. Uh, I don't get it. He's, he's a good action lead in this movie. And he yeah, even has a foil sure. who... I think kind of fails him a little bit because Sean Williams kind of annoys me in this movie, but they, this is the trope. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know what happened here. Um, and maybe I don't want to get too ahead of myself. I'm wondering if perhaps I want to be really careful with this. Maybe they just spent too much on making the movie and that 80, that $80 million was a good enough take. And, but perhaps they put too much in it at 85 because I mean, they could have this, 
this could have been a $50 million movie, I think, and then made $30 million on, on the top. What do you guys think? Well, it's tough because it's all on location, and there's yeah. a lot of – this is a practical effect heavy movie. The only real CGI to speak of is the rocks when they find the gato. Um, I would also say it, that it, massive it, explosion uh, in the final fight sequence, but yeah, you're right. Well, all the scenes where they overlook Christopher Watkins' domain, they see the the mine. All yes, that is that was CGI work too. Inspired by an actual mine where real art, yeah, yeah real art. So, um, yeah, it, 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 it's tough. I mean, you could, yeah, the, the, the biggest sin here is you keep it smaller. The rock is not that big yet, keep it smaller. Uh, but Peter Berg, uh, is on the record saying he wanted to do like the craziest fight scenes and stunts that he could. This movie had a distinct goal, at least as far as the, as the director's uh, vision went. He wanted to go crazy and over the top, well, and they yeah. sort of did. Well, particularly the, the scene where we're going to get to in the plot, and I'll bring yeah, it back up. Come but, yeah, uh, yeah. How would you describe this movie in one sentence? We'll start with our guest, the J-Man. Um, the best way to describe this movie, and I'm dead serious when I say this, Arnold Schwarzenegger knew what all of us found out 15 years early. And that is that The Rock was going to be the biggest action star of not just the decade, but he is like top three biggest action stars of all time. And I don't think that's an exaggeration. Let's slow the, let's slow the card. I'm not ready to go there. <laughs> there he yet. is. There he is. I'm not ready to go there quite yet, but he is certainly the biggest star on the planet. Yeah. And I would say his post- Fast and the Furious career is certainly bringing him into that conversation because mm -hmm. that's when he really hit his stride. You should you should forgive Vin, dude. I don't know what the beef is, but oh, Diesel they did. Made you, uh, you know what, T Dubs? I will, I will make you aware they did squash the beef like about a year and a half ago, which was very nice to see because I wanted them to squash it too, and I'm very happy that they did. Um, that was some weird stuff that happened on the set of Fate, and uh, I wish it didn't happen. I, I think that you can blame Tyrese for a lot of the stupidity because as much as I love Tyrese in the fast movies, he talks too much, man. He just talks too much. And then of course there was a, that's a lot of ego. That's a lot of ego for people to have to handle on one set, the ego of the rock and the ego of Vin Diesel. That's oof. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Chumzilla, one sentence. The rock stars in an Indiana Jones movie where the guy with the whip is the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I, I described it as Stifler's dad is a dick and The Rock does his best De Niro impersonation from Midnight Run. Yes, this is the mismatched buddy action, but this is the, basically you're escorting someone across from here to there. Yeah. And you've got the guy who, the uncompromising straight man and the guy who really probably didn't do anything wrong and you shouldn't be taking him back. And you know that throughout most of the movie. And you're very, very unwilling to yeah. accept that you're on the wrong side of this. I was confused by a lot of the motivations in this movie. Why um, does dude, the rock? Why does the? Why does that guy care? Why does the rock care? What did the rock do to owe that guy money? He well, that's him money. You know that doesn't have to be written. They could have described better what Sean William Scott had done, but really, you get like he had slept with the mob boss's girlfriend or something, which is the same yeah, exact. 
thing whatever. from it does uh, and the, the rock literally says you could have done that you could have done this it doesn't matter whatever yeah because he, okay. he is playing for all intents and purposes he's playing de niro for midnight run because in Midnight Run, Charles Grodin steals $15 million or whatever it is from a mob boss. And he's like, I don't care how righteous your cause was. I don't care that you donated all this money to charity. I'm taking you back. Like, doesn't matter. There's no excuses. It's the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they're both great movies. By the way, T-Dubs, um, I know you said this last week, but I just want to say it now myself. RIP to Charles Grodin. Watch Beethoven. Watch Beethoven 2 because those movies are the jam. That's what I grew up with. When it comes to Charles Grodin, so R.I.P. He felt like an actual dad, especially in those two movies. Hell yeah, he did. Um, yeah, but he's a very funny guy. I, I suggest you watch any of his interviews on late night TV. He's super deadpan, and it's it's hilarious. There's a good one with Johnny Carson. I've seen a bunch of good ones, so check those out. But let's get into nice. the plot of the rundown. All right, and we'll talk a little bit about some of the the things that uh, will not come up later, but. We've got Beck. He's a bounty hunter and also an aspiring chef. So now is he tough, but he's a sensitive soul. He wants to use his hands to make food, not bludgeon people in the face. The Rock's a softy at heart. Where um, does that even come from? Well, I don't know. Yeah, you know, okay. He just, wants to make, he just wants a restaurant that yeah. makes Southern that's just, Italian. That's just the movie's hook, okay? Yeah. So He's a killer chef. We're, you know what? This is probably just a sequel to uh, a, The Long Kiss Goodnight. So, fair enough. That's Yeah, chefs don't do that. Um, mm-hmm. So, we're introduced to him in the car. He's taking notes on, like, some sort of mushrooms. And then we see how badass he is as he goes in to collect collateral from superstar athlete Nat Miller. Uh, and Beck gets the collateral through option B. He presents him option A. You give it to me. Option B, I take it from you. Now, I'm not the biggest guy in the world, but if a man the size of The Rock presents me with two options, and the second one includes violence, I think I'm taking option A. True. Regardless of the options for the recipients of the violence here, it's the fact that they're willing to basically assault a half a dozen people over $50,000. I'm not sure that's a winning proposition because if you get foiled at any point in that transaction, the consequences are greater than $50,000. I'm just going to, I'm going to point out if if he got arrested, he'd just take his shirt off in court. And two, (laughs) Ah, you're right. Walking tall taught us that there's absolute, impunity for the rock if he takes a shirt off in court that's like point. Good point. i don't think i don't think that's used enough to be an actual rule but it's a rock rule so it let me ask be. you guys it this. Be. so because because what you what you're failing to mention t-dubs is that nat miller has and i quote the entire offensive line the entire offensive line is here so if the rock who is six four two well, according to the what do you call it tape, go ahead 220, yeah. according to, to the rundown, yeah. which is completely which, wrong. Because he's yeah. definitely yeah. He's not 220. He is yeah, not he's not 220. So I don't That's know what you guys, who you guys were trying to fool, Peter Berg. You didn't fool yeah. the J-Man. I'll tell you that right now. Um, yep. So that being said, he's got the entire offensive line. I mean, as big as The Rock is and as badass as The Rock is, I think I'd be willing to take those odds. And J-Man, J- I want to add to that because there's another inconsistency in what Peter Berg gives us. The Rock, as he's like cataloging the professional football players uh-huh. in the club at the time, he doesn't just talk about offensive linemen. He mentions 
at least two defensive players. There's yes. a defensive end who's the best that, that Notre Dame's ever produced. There is a linebacker who hits harder than Ray Lewis, which inside joke, that guy has a gun. Because we all know that Ray Lewis usually takes a knife with him. Uh, there but, it goes. Um, but, 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 but my point is, like, and then, and then when he gets to the phone call in the bathroom, he's like, oh, the offensive line's here. Bullshit. You, you gave us offensive players and defensive players. Yep. Like, like it's, two of them, one of them was a running back. The other one was a fullback. Fullback. Full, fullback, 2,000 yards. That, that whole that, – it's nonsense. It's not it, – now, yeah. you know, here, here's where we should have – our good friend and and friend of the pod, where is Captain Cash here? Because as a sports ball non fan, he'd be like, "I don't get it." Seems signed to me. True. Well, and Captain I, Cash would have no problems with this, but I had huge problems. I don't, there's I just hurt my brain right go, off the bat. Go ahead, T Dubs. I'll let you go I, first. Go I, I don't go, care. Please, it does. It doesn't matter because the whole scene. Oh, it's terrible! It's the terrible. Pur- the purpose of the scene is to show him beat the crap of these guys. True, which he does. You which he does. He does violently mm-hmm. you also get arnold's cameo which was not planned but he stopped by for lunch and they say hey can we film this?" which was super cool how cool was that yeah freaking it wicked. was it, it, it was is. awesome that's, so can i just mention awesome. one more inconsistency before we move on and i think please one of the um one of the defensive players uh that's on that's on matt miller squad it's the white guy with the black hair he's the quarterback from mr deeds the one that um gets his butt wolf because he cursed in front of a woman yeah, he's so, in a lot of stuff as a goofy goon type. So he's a, one of the killer squad, but I'm also one of his goons later on in the No, that's because the guys that originally played Walker's goons, I guess, couldn't come back for that scene, which is why they get Sven Holthorson, Arnold's buddy, and that guy at the end. That's why they never zoom in on him close enough in the first scene to show you they're different people. Thank you. Ah, I was um, like, that's the same. Yeah. How, so they just had to like reuse to, to figure that out. Um, you guys are both missing the larger point. Walker's such a bad gangster that instead of using the $50,000 debt as leverage to have Matt Miller blow a big game, which would result in millions of gambling winnings, he has the rock beat the shit out of him, probably ending his season. None of that makes any sense. You got to use the leverage. To force yeah. him to throw a game. You've got the leverage. What are you doing, Walker? Yeah. And plus, you're in the Sunday Anarchy later. Come on. And, yeah. and guys from Ohio State are, like, super prone to influence. Let's look at Johnny Utah. Come on. My my biggest surprise about this scene was I swore the football footage was, like, recycled from the XFL. But it was, uh, no, they, it was like, stuff they shot. It, it, no, it was recycled from Playmakers. Oh, okay. See, because I was like... Like, do people get hit that hard in the F- XFL? Do they have enough usable footage from the first season <laughs> of the XFL? Hey, you know that, what? That footage is like Vin, uh, Vinnie Mac movie too. So yeah. Also, my other big point of contention with this scene is that The Rock asks the guy who lets him in, "What's he drinking?" And he says, "Jaeger and Cristal." And I was like, "This guy, <laughs> this guy deserves everything that's coming." So, so, so apparently, he was parting with the old dirty bastard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who on earth drinks that combination? What Some, is going on with that like, guy? The OBB man, Wu Tang is for the children. That's it. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Wu Tang is for the children. By the way, the, I'm just gonna say this: the Get Your Freak On from Missy Elliott to the ACDC hmm. beat is what? What is fire? That? 
it's fine. It's just a yeah. great remix that they did, and it's available on YouTube. And I suggest everybody listens to it because it's fire. And, 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 and we we get that at the end too. Yeah, uh, it's it's tremendous. It's it's a it's some, one of the best remixes I've ever heard, and it's perfect for that fight scene. I love so, it. Yeah, it is good. It it works well for that. Where the rock is really, mm-hmm. and this shows you where the action's going mm-hmm. in the movie. Some of it is way too quick cut, but it's hard hitting. It's brutal. And that's sort of the feel that Peter Berg wanted because when he was hired to do this movie, he's like, well, I haven't really done action. So he watched some DVD of like the best 50 action scenes of all time. And he's like, well, it's all been done. What do I do? So he just was like, I'll just make it as brutal as possible. And I think he succeeds for the most part, but there's a lot of quick cuts, which when we get to my recommendation way down the line, I've been watching a lot of Jackie Chan movies and Quick cut action drives me nuts. I like action to be able to breathe. I like to see it. So anyways, Beck returns to Walker, who's his boss, who instructs him if he wants out of the uh, game, basically the strong arm game, he needs to complete one last job, which is retrieve his deadbeat son from the jungle to face the music. We're then introduced to Travis, who is after fortune and glory. He's like the poor man's Indiana Jones because he's dumb and bad at his job. <laughs> he's in the forests of Brazil searching for O Gato do Diablo. The biggest issue with this quest is that he is living in a town that is subject to the control of Hatcher, played by Christopher Walken, brilliantly in fact, a fascist type who employs the locals as indentured servants to mine gold for him. As now, one does. Yeah, as one does when they... Uh, have a whole town under their thumb. So when Beck shows yeah. up to find Travis, Hatcher initially offers him a deal, 10000 you can take the kid. He reneges on that deal because he too lusts for Ogato do Diablo. Fist fights ensue. Walken does walking things, which he has a lot of like one-liners. It's, it almost as appears as if he's like high as a kite for most of the movie because <laughs> every time somebody moves, you'd be like, whoa, don't make waves. Whoa. You open my fridge. You open the wrong refrigerator. It's it's quite something. It, it's like they understood the power of Watkins' delivery, but yeah. they didn't know what to do with it. Oh yeah, he he's definitely. Um, how do I put this? He was way too overqualified for this movie. That's the best way I can say it. Um, but I do love when he's like, "Doesn't matter. They got my tooth. I want it back." Like it, that that line always gets me, and I I, it, I I love it. I love him in this movie. Wow. I think he's the highlight of the movie. He is at John Travolta levels of scene chewing throughout. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's just a lot of but, fun. Like, but it, he has such a natural way of doing it, though. He really does. It doesn't uh, feel obnoxious when he does that. He's just like, I'm going to just take this scene and not down to its base. Enjoy. Well, he just knows he's one of the he's he knows he's one of the greatest of all time. And so he knows that he can get away with anything and it'll mm. be great because he's done everything right. Like hell yeah. he's even great. I know he's going to, this is way going into the bag, but like, he's even great in kangaroo Jack, man. And everybody hates kangaroo Jack movie sucks. He doesn't. Why? Cause he's Christopher Walken. That's why I would wager that might be an oversell. I mean, he's, he's tolerable. In kangaroo Jack. Well, I bet but he's tolerable. Why? Because he's Christopher Walken. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, you know he he's yeah, the man. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm Christopher Walken. Fuck you. That's why. And, and let's be honest, like you know, we were making fun of Neil McDonough in the beginning. Neil McDonough yeah. 
is capable of doing Neil McDonough. He doesn't add a real weight or gravity or presence to a movie because he's always the same character. If you watch when he's Irish and Bison, he's the same character as when he's former friend of the rock who now owns a gambling hut. Like he's always the same, like, but Christopher Walken, even though he's doing Christopher Walken, it's like, Oh, I love this guy. He's great. Yeah. So he's, he's trans he's transformative. Yeah. Yeah. I mean him and Joe dirt. I mean, come on. He's the best part of Joe dirt. A hundred percent. That's why I had to put that in the, in the, when I introduced him in the opening, it's who can forget. Can your mother? So boom. Well, I was so that. So wow. after wow. being confronted by Hatcher back in Travis escape and like a moronic asshole, Travis steers the, them off the road. Now, this is one of those stunts you were talking about, Chumzilla, where basically Peter Berg had watched the wide world of sports growing up and he watched the ski crashes and he said, I want to do that. The Rock's initial stunt double parents said, Well, I don't. So they hired another guy who was promptly knocked out doing it. Uh, yes, he was promptly knocked out doing it the first time. Yes. It, it uh, I would compare that stunt to if you've ever watched, I forget what. Uh, European country it is they chase a block of cheese down a hill and the hill is so steep that they get going so fast like people immediately begin to brain themselves in really horrific ways I'll post it to the social but that's what this scene is it doesn't look like it would be fun to shoot even remotely but it looks cool (laughs) and Peter Berg's goal here was to have the longest continuous tumble down a hill on film like he wanted that to be the end result of this stunt. He well, wanted to know what movie ended people up. that tumbled to their ruin. I mean, success. It's the it's the single yes. best hill tumbling scene ever, aside from when uh, Christopher Maloney, as a KKK KKK member, yells "pussy fart" and lights himself on fire in the second Harold and Kumar movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing. It's that impressive. Happens. They fall for quite a while for the record. For quite they a while. They would be dead. Way down the hill. They would be dead. So there's no way the rock should be in a suit when this is done. It should be tattered and off his bones. Yeah. After this, Beck and, and Travis are stuck in the jungle. Things happen, such as the aforementioned monkey humping. Uh, Mariana, the bartender oh, yeah. in town, who we didn't mention before, but turns out she's the leader of a freedom fighting force who wants to overthrow Hatcher. And guess what? She also wants the devil cat. Who could have guessed that? Bum, bum, bum. Because if she has it, it's a means for her to free her people and provide them with a suitable exit from the terrible life of mining gold for the probably dementia riddled Hatcher. <laughs> Is she a terrorist or, or what are we calling her? Well, no, she's a she's a freedom hot, hot terrorist. She's hot, she's hot a, freedom fighter. Cool. You know, she's Che Guevara before uh, he just became part of the Death Squad. The Soviet, the Soviet influence. Yep. Yeah. yeah she's the hot so, freedom so fighter. It's like that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. She's the French teacher <laughs> from from uh, from uh, if looks could kill. Uh-huh. yeah all right so they join forces discover the artifact uh, which i'm sorry but that didn't seem particularly difficult to find uh, and then she stiffs back and travis it did not at all yeah she knocks them out with uh some con lobos which is a fake fruit that gives a person paralysis for around four to five hours 
Now, this could have ended badly because there was almost a second monkey humping scene, but they recovered just in time to thwart those horny chips. Yeah. Yeah, so all seems well for Beck and Travis at this point. They make it back to the airfield, but Declan, Charlie from uh, Wonder Woman, uh, informs mm-hmm. them that Mariana's been caught by Hatcher. Uh, there's apparently a scene to bridge this. They cut it out. Apparently, she, she fights Hatcher. They catch her. Yeah. Uh, that was one of two fight scenes they cut off because cut out because one was with Travis and Hatcher too. That one I I think would make less sense to me, but this you probably could have. This also made no sense too. Yeah, it just kind of comes yeah. out of nowhere. She's like, oh, she's she's been arrested. Now, of course, the Rock being the hero, boop, boop, boop. you cannot leave the damsel in distress behind. So what do they do? They storm the compound. Whip fights, explosions. And- Beck finally uses guns because he doesn't like them, but he's really awesome with them. They retrieve the girl and send Hatcher to fascist gringo hell. That's the end of the movie, sort of, because there's a major sequel tease when Beck betrays Travis's father and they go off happily into the day. Um, They did want to make a sequel for this movie, for the record. Peter Berg, as recently as four years ago, was talking about it. Um, You never know. The Rock's a huge star now. Um, but when we get to our lingering questions, I want to ask about that. So the big thing is that's the rundown. How many beers do you think are required to watch this movie? I I would just say it's two enjoyment beers because it's still a lot of fun and one pain beer because of the things we mentioned earlier, Sean William Scott does not really work for me in this movie. And a lot of the middle section with the goofy humor doesn't work at all anymore for me. That's just me. Yeah. I think most of the rest of the stuff still holds up really well, except for uh, Rosario Dawson's accent, which, <laughs> oh my. But it's just bad. So, two enjoyment beers, one pain beer. Chubzilla, what do you think? Well, I'll give this a, a three beer rating. It's mostly pain beers. Uh, the movie, it, it's got a chance to not suck, but it just fights its way out of it at every turn. It's just, ugh. That's rough. So three three pain beers is my rating. Oof, that's harsher than I expected. Why don't, why don't you tell us why? Sorry, sorry Jay, man. Sorry. Yeah, give us a little bit more information. Why you think it's so bad? Well, it doesn't matter what you think. This movie rules. Uh, We're on to the Jay, man. Fine. Oh my gosh, Chumzilla, know your role. I walked Shut right into that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm just taking it. I walked right into that. It's okay, man. We love you, brother. Brutal. Listen, Brutal. so um, you know, I, I've stated before, I, I don't drink, but I know the I know how the rating system works. So if I had to go ahead and think about it in that sense, I'd definitely go with three beers as well. And I think that if I were to, to go about it, I'd be very similar to your thought process there, T dubs. I'd go two enjoyment, one. That and actually two and a half enjoyment, half pain. And yes, there are a couple things in this movie where you're just like. Not all of it works. Um, example A, you know, you've got $85 million that you use for this movie. Why is the CGI so bad in that big old explosion in the final fight sequence? Like that kind of throws me off a little bit because everything else has been so good with the practical action sequences and whatnot. So when I see that, that kind of takes me out of it a little bit. Um, Sean William Scott, he's okay 
in this movie. You're right. He's not like the great thing about the rock, especially in the last decade or so is he's had a lot of great dancing partners with him. You look at Kevin Hart, you look at obviously Vin and Paul in the fast movies. Uh, Carla Gugino has been one of his like great dancing partners and whatnot. Um, Obviously him and, and, and Hemsworth are about to do this mega movie that's coming out on Netflix in like about a year. What is it? Red Notice or something like that. Um, and him and Reynolds have team up and obviously him and Statham. I can go on and on. Sean William Scott is one of the weaker ones, unfortunately. And you would have thought it would have been better because this was on, this was in the middle of what Sean William Scott, like at the height of his powers, not to say that he had a lot of power, of course, but like this was at the height of American Pie. Like, I think American Wedding had released earlier that year in 2003, right? This is in the middle of the Sean William Scott moment, which I I, I still really like the guy. I just don't like when he turns it up. He just doesn't work in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you Chumzilla, I'll, I'll give you credit because, uh, I, I was doing my research and I, I'm like halfway in on the walking tall pod. And you mentioned that Johnny Knoxville doesn't work on walking tall, but he works on Dukes. Sean William Scott works on Dukes, but doesn't work that well here, you know? And, uh, truth, truth, they, you know what I'm saying? So there's just not, not, and, and but I wouldn't say that it's a chemistry, a chemistry problem with him and rock. I just think that, uh, there's some script issues between the, the two of them. Isn't perfect. The script yeah, isn't perfect because because I think there is just to jump in here quickly. There is a angle there where their chemistry works, mm-hmm. but this script does not take advantage of it at all. Yeah, I, I I I'll be honest. I just don't think that Sean William Scott is that funny in this movie, and he should be funnier. They the the material that they give him in this movie is uh not as great as i would have hoped because he does have a very unique charisma in the same way that the rock has a unique charisma and i don't think that they uh i don't think they fully took advantage as much as they should have as the the way that they did with the rock and i feel like they really should have taken advantage of it with sean william scott because he was the comedic relief of this film if that makes sense no he i agree and uh with that, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our beer bros at Hop Nation USA, who will actually be on our next podcast when we do The Void. So get excited for that. We'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, everyone. This is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Hello and welcome back to the 113th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops presented by Wabam Entertainment. And we are talking 2003's The Rock Classic, The Rundown. Now, I think we've covered like the good and the bad and the ugly of this. Uh, mostly the bad is the chemistry doesn't necessarily work very well. Of course, Rosario Dawson's performance slash accent, also bad. The good, everything with Christopher Walken. Yeah. My question is, does this film remain in The Rock's top five? Now, I'm going to add a caveat to that because it's slightly unfair. It has to really be a rock vehicle so it can't be fast five it can't be fast six can't be fast seven that is vin diesel's franchise now it could be hobbs and shaw because that's his movie right so if you exclude some of those incredible fast movies which obviously would 
almost force this out because if you go five through eight, which are all a lot of fun and have incredible stunts, you know, like where's the room for the rundown? So let's leave those out. We'll start with the J-Man because he's our resident rock expert. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, you know, Fast Five and and Fast Six all the way through Fate, they're they're all great, but you're right. They are Vin's movies um, and whatnot. So I will not include that. I think that it still holds up. I think that it's still up there. I think that if you include it and I'm going to include, you know, we're going to go through the entire rock catalog, right? So, I mean, that means Moana is right up, like right up in there. It has to be. And I know people are going to like, oh my God, you're bringing up Moana. Shut up, man. Disney rocks. Uh, <laughs> um, also, you know, I think that if you look at the stuff that he's done after Fast Five, um, San Andreas, I think that's a fun movie, um, but I don't think it's better than this. Um, you look at, uh, you know, I, I think, yeah, Hobbs and Shaw should be added up there as well. But I think the rundown, I, for me, it's in his top four for sure. Um, I don't think anybody expected him to be that good in this movie. Like you look at, you look at the Scorpion King and you kind of get a, a good idea, but he's still definitely a rookie. Like he's still, you know, I mean, he had Michael Clark Duncan, you know, with him, um, you know, a, a wide variety of, of, of veteran actors. And of course, you know, the mummy franchise behind him too. two very successful movies, but this is his first vehicle that it's just that it's based off him. Right. And from a movie perspective and from a just, you know, not from a box office perspective, but from a movie perspective, I think he knocks it out of the park, which is frustrating to me um, because walking tall doesn't, but I don't think that walking tall walk, not knocking it out of the park is his fault per se. Um, and, and maybe this is me being a rock Homer, but I, I think I'm going to go on record and saying that most of the time that rocks movies suck. It's not usually his fault, except for maybe Baywatch, except for maybe Baywatch. Baywatch isn't even really his fault. He's just, yeah, he, I, that's well, I mean, he was a producer on it to an extent. So, yeah. like, some of the decisions there, did go. There's him. a lot going on in the movie Baywatch. For that movie, there's a lot, a yes. lot going on. It's not The Rock. Uh, Fair. Yeah, I don't think he's ever like a low point. Doom, he's he's really bad. Doom, but everything's bad about Doom. And uh, I don't think he was ready for that role in Doom. Where, as it like, okay, here's a perfect nobody example. could play whatever that script was exactly. trying to do. That because movie you look stunk. At, because you, you look at um, you look at Get Smart, and because he, he's the bad guy, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and compare that to Doom for a second, since he's the bad guy in Get Smart. He's so freaking entertaining and enjoyable in Get Smart, and you you don't even talk about Anne Hathaway and Steve Carell for a second. Just focus on The Rock, and, and you look at him, and he figured it out in Get Smart. What in Doom, and of course, type of movie, and it's funny, and it's PG thirteen, so the con. Doom is supposed to be like heavy war, bloody, gutty, or whatever it was. His he learned. He was also when he had like six years old. Um, all that being said, to answer your, I went on a tangent there for a second, but yeah, I think that this top five, even without the fact, especially, I think that this is up there. And this is better than a lot of his movies. Not to say his movies are bad. In terms of pure action movies, this still ranks fairly high. Like 
skyscraper stinks. In that department. Uh, you know, the Hercules movie is a big whatever for me. It's fine. Brett Ratner's an, an asshole. So uh, he and Hobbs and Shaw's a ridiculous movie. Uh, similar to the, this movie can be fairly ridiculous, like with the, the fight with Ernie Ray's and company. And there's a lot of wire work for really no reason at all. Um, that I, I want to think that's also a matter of three and after. Would you is anything to do with it? You kind of cut out there. I don't. Oh, my, my apologies. Uh, again, I, I was you mentioned the it was like late 2000. Wondering if that was every the Matrix in the movie. I the maybe movies. I think I think a lot of Hollywood movies in this era, action movies in particular, lost they lost the thread. They thought the, the shakier stuff and the quick cuts and, and all that stuff was cool, but it's not cool. It's never worked for me. It's not good action. Um, so even though there's some cool stuff in here, like that scene is kind of ruined because you, you got a guy like Ernie Reyes Jr. who can move at this incredible speed. So yet The Rock's not going to be able to keep up with him, but you can still, it's going to take a lot of choreography but you can make that work a lot better if you just stop zooming from place to place. And that fight's not even the biggest defender. There's, there's worse. Um, but yeah, I think that it was just part of the, the cartoonishness of the film. Like the giant tumble was obviously super cartoony. I don't know. I think there's some confusion with what they wanted to do and how realistic they wanted this movie to be. You know, I saw a quote from Peter Berg that, he, he, this could have been a really gritty like action film and a serious movie, but the rock was so charming and so naturally funny. Like it didn't become that, but there there's definitely that sense that maybe it's, it, it's floating between the two. Cause some of the violence is like, you know, you get the whip guy whipping a slave uh, indentured servants knuckles in the beginning of the film. <laughs> and then you get like something like this, where he goes flying 35 feet which is not realistic at all. And like, he'd be dead like so many times in this movie and he's seemingly <laughs> unharmed. I know. So I don't know. But I, there is like an obsession with certain things. Um, there was a lot of wire food going on. They were taking it from Chinese movies with, with the more wire theatrics. Uh, you know, even in Jet Li movies, like the crappy director who did Doom. Andre like Bartok, Rush, Rush, yeah, Rush, Rush, yeah. Romeo Must Die. Cradle all that stuff. Grave. Like, yeah. He loved doing absolutely absurd things that didn't look good on camera oh they yeah just, like, just there was don't. a lot of slow motion work that now i can fit say yeah this movie does at least look good on camera so i think it's one of his better action movies to this day i, I do think it's in his top five and uh, there's he's done a lot of good movies he's had, a, he's had a very good career by this point uh but without this one early on man it was a slog yeah, you know, you mentioned that at the beginning of the pod, you said that, you know, he's become a, a really great director behind the lens and whatnot. And I find it so interesting that it, this was him and Rock's real first, some of their very first vehicles and to see where the Rock has gone to, the heights that he's reached. And, you know, to be fair, you know, you mentioned it, Peter Berg is one of the better director, better action directors out there to an extent. It's, it's very interesting that they both started at the beginning in very similar fashions with one another. That's very cool. Um, kind of makes you wonder, yo, it'd be kind of cool if they went ahead and team back up. 
Yeah, that's basically the next question. So before we get to that one, Chumzilla, do you think this is in his top five still? You're probably not as big a connoisseur of some of his movies, but. Yeah, I'll, I'll give this to, to, to one of Peter Berg's top five. Yeah. And The Rock, too. I mean. And The Rock, yeah. It's not a great debut, but it's a solid debut. What I like about this movie, especially now when you look at The Rock and the stories you read about him and Statham and some of the beef that he had with, with Diesel is he's, his ego wasn't as si- at the size of his lats by this point. He was yes. still willing to take the lumps more so than I think he is now. And it's going to be interesting how this goes when Black Adam comes out and how you know Black Adam is a god. So, uh, you know, you still have to take your lumps, right? Like, yeah. Other, otherwise, it's not so much fun. And like, and The Rock definitely takes some lumps in this yeah. movie. And why do I like this better than say Hobbs and Shaw, which has incredible action set pieces? Right. Because him and Jason Statham are seemingly invincible that entire movie until the very end when they fight a guy who's a super soldier. And yet they that, that movie's ending has a lot of issues, but there's like an unwillingness to look vulnerable on screen anymore. And I got a sort of a problem with that. But mm. uh, the, the second question is like, The Rock is bigger than ever. Yeah. He could get funding for a sequel to this movie. But does it work at this point? Because this is a very different guy. Like I just said, he's not as willing to look this vulnerable on screen, apparently. But you well, know, you read the articles about it, like there's stipulations in his contract. But yeah, this he's movie, ginormous. He, he is, yes, he's a big guy, but he's a fish out of water for a lot of the movie, getting his ass kicked up and down the jungles of Brazil. I'll, I'll mm. tell you this. Um, I, you know the his the way in in, in fast movies and Shaw in particular, of course, doesn't necessarily make him like that much of a team. But then you go back to like intelligence, you know that he did, and like, well, ego completely to the side. I mean, uh, the way that he portrays the movie, and it's he of himself in a good, way. and so it, it makes you wonder. Sometimes he's willing. I, I think. I think it's a map. T Dubs protecting the. He's portraying not necessarily protecting the ego. Some be me viewing, but you know, I, I look at Central and and ups in the face, and those are characters. And I look, and I'm like, I think Beck, what he would do in than what he would do in the and I think he could make it perhaps well I'd like to see it if they could get it together uh, you know I think Sean William Scott's in a different phase of his career uh, but he's great sure. in the two goon movies and you tone him down a little bit because obviously he can't be as amped up because it's you know almost 20, almost years, 20 later. years later so you character perhaps mature a little bit yeah so i i'd like to see it now i just i get a real bad feeling based on some rock movies like where it just becomes so ridiculous like then again like it, it's like arnold and, and sly and, and everybody you else know, in, in movies like arnold that, but because rock and if i had to 
into rock or sly or, or sly i definitely got more of the better ego of arnold than he does of but um yeah i think it could i'd be down for it listen i've said this from the very get-go that it's a travesty that this movie didn't get a sequel because it's i think it's, it warranted a sequel absolutely uh, i think it was fun enough funny enough cool enough beck is enough of a like i mean he's a mega badass right um like this movie's dope man this to me this is a very solid effort from universal studios back in the day all right jumpzilla would a sequel work now i have obviously i've stated my reservations so no i i don't think so because it's just it's just not solid enough the rock does a, a decent job here of establishing himself as a action presence but the chemistry he develops with Sean William Scott is just not enough to say like, oh yeah, I need to see where this story goes. No, it's it, this is a one and done. Sorry. I think that's fine too. I mean, I, I, I would I watch it? Yes, of course. But I, we've had a lot of bad accents on this pod. Where does Rosario Dawson rank? Now you got to remember we've had two really bad Irish accents between Neil McDonough and Val Kilmer as M. Yeah. Bison and uh, the guy in the Ghost of the Darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was what are some of the other really horrific accents we've had on this podcast um i mean what what what's what's um homeboy's name um bob uh homeboy that played super mario oh well, i mean bob yeah bob hoskins bob hoskins uh, yeah. brooklyn accent not, yep. not great travesty uh, <laughs> um let me see what else there's also oh uh, you well, could you could argue okay. Arliss Loveless's uh, Southern accent. Ah, uh, <laughs> shout out to Kevin. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, for sure. But I um, would say this is right. This is hovering right around Jessica Simpson and the Dukes of Hazard. Bad. Um, no, how, well, this, uh, this ahead, is, no, it, it's so bad. I, at Rosario Dawson, I'm sorry, but yeah, there's no forgiving her accent in this movie. All right, fair play. I got one for you. I'm going to go ahead and dig back in the hops and box office flops dig deep, for a second. Dig deep. Uh, I'm pretty sure you guys did the top, uh, what was it, your top five best uh, comic book movie or the, the, the top 10 Marvel movies uh, like a couple of years back. Chumpy, you said yeah. that Age of Ultron was in your top 10. I'm going back to Age of Ultron. I'm hitting you uh, with um, uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen and uh, what's uh, Aaron Johnson. Yeah, it's Quicksilver. Aaron Taylor Jones. Oh, yeah. Aaron, yeah, thank Those you. Those are bad accents. Those are rough. And they're not even from a real country. Mm-hmm. They could have just went with whatever. They exactly. couldn't workshop anything. And the fact that they she loses it in fuck. one movie. Fake as fuck, and they ruined it. Yep. She loses it in one movie. It's worse oh. than Halle Berry in X-Men. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah this is... It's, it's Rosario Dawson's performance here is very, very bad. Uh, sorry, that I hurt, mean, we, that hurts, we love you. Jamie, that hurts. That hurts, Jamie, uh, that hurts. So, Listen, Rosario Dawson is dope, but I got love for you, Chumpy. I'm, I hear you, man. It's all good. So uh, best action scene of the film. I think it's pretty clear here. It's got to be the end. It's got to. Uh, I will disagree, T-Dubs. I, I'm going the beginning action sequence. That that fight scene in the club when he's going after Nat Miller in the ring, I mean, just destroying dudes with the freaking um, with the uh, 
with the disc player, with the record player, just knocking yeah. dudes out in the face. He, he hits dude he, with yeah. a rock bottom through the glass table. It's terrific. Oh, yeah. Doom that could have like seven more rock bottoms. I know. <laughs> and, and to your point, J-Man, that scene, it's unexpected. You, you, you're not feeling that coming. He just goes right out the door with a absolute wrecking crew of a scene. I know. Nat Miller, you got opt- two options. Option A, you give me the ring. Option B, I make you give me the ring. And Matt Miller's like, I'll take option B. Wrong choice. He just destroys everybody. He just everybody. He kills them all and leaves them breathing yeah. heavily. Like, <laughs> it's terrific. Although the ending sequence, though, is, is awesome. By the way, can I bring up something about that ending sequence to the both of you? Um, Please do. Uh, Declan's speeches are so hilarious and I'm like I don't I love it but at the same time it's like how did you have enough time to do those speeches in the middle of a like 30 minute war anybody else have a thought on that that's uh that's part of the thing like where the movie just clearly doesn't really fully grasp what it wants to be because he just walks in there it's like why would they just shoot this dude? This guy means nothing. He offers them nothing. And he's a, clearly a distraction yep. uh, for, for a task that would also be impossible because how did they get these bulls yeah. to charge through the town? I don't know, but whatever. What does but, he say? Uh, he's like, Cardinals, Cardinals, Hatcher, yeah. your time has come. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, and then he gives like a Bible verse or something. And then he just sits in town while all this is happening and like has a beer. He's got a bad knee, man. Yeah. He's got a bad knee. Uh, it hurts. So, is this the toughest rock character of the ro- hops and rock bottom flops uh, series? Uh, for example, like if this is a four corners match, yeah, is is Beck taking the pin? No, 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 no. Uh, I would say. Oh, I hate to say it, but I think Mitch Buchanan is definitely taking the pin in this movie. Okay, in this, in this yep. see, point. see, here's what I'm gonna say. I think you're right. Because that by Mitch Buchanan Rock, yeah, that 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 actor portraying whatever that character is meant to be is uh-huh. so unaware of what he's doing at that point, and he's juiced out of his gourd. <laughs> he's gonna do whatever it takes to win. True. Yes. Yes. So, like, it's yeah. I, listen, I think that uh, I think the showdown that people would want to see would probably be between Chris Vaughn and Beck. And Chris Vaughn would mm-hmm. maybe give him a run for his money, but I eventually believe um, Rock would nail him with a rock see, bottom. No, see, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm not putting Chris Vaughn at three. No, he's the weakest by far. He's got a bum knee. What? He can't even win a football game against a bunch of five foot eight people. Oh, come on. They chop block him, though. He's bro. out. So <laughs> he's the weakest. Enough. He's by far the weakest. So then you get Beck. Then you get Demon Rock from Doom. And then you get Mitch Buchanan. <laughs> Mitch Buchanan would not only beat up regular Sarge, he'd beat up Demon Sarge. And little Mitch would referee the entire thing. Okay. Wouldn't it be? Oh, well, I guess Efron would be ringside, right? Yeah, of course. He's his valet. Uh, True. And uh, Alexander Dorario would be the one that gets in the ring and smashes people with the chair on behalf of Mitch. Yeah. Okay. That's brutal. Yeah. Uh, I'm still going back, man. I'm still going back. I think Beck wins. Beck's a badass, man. So, yeah, I. these are all valid points. I think the only way to test this is to take it to the ring. 
Can we call Vince and see if he can clone the rock? I know he's got enough money and he's he just fired a, a whole bunch of people and he needs he, talent. So. He's got enough for them. The budget cuts. Absolutely. So, do you think he fired Braun Strowman so he could hire rocks? Mitch Buchanan clone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. Vince, it's true. These ideas are free. Just call me. Yeah. There you go. Uh, we're going to take our second break. And when we come back, we're doing the Hell Dorado trivia challenge. We'll catch you on the flip side. Hello and welcome back to the 113th episode of Hops and Box Office Flaps. We are talking 2003's The Rundown in our final episode of Hops and Rock Bottom Flaps. Gentlemen, tonight we have a standard multiple choice format quiz with five questions to chime in. Either stick with one of the stalwarts of the pod, such as farts and tarts, or I'm going to shoot, or say Wolfgang stuck or don't make waves, or any number of other walk-in quips that occur throughout this movie. Okay. Are we ready? Farts and tarts. Let's go. I'm going to shoot. How walk-in didn't say farts and tarts at one point in the movie is beyond <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, number one. This movie changed titles multiple times prior to release. It began as Hell Dorado, which is on the sign as they enter the town was changed and then finally settled on the rundown. In Europe, though, it is still known as the unnamed title. What was it? Was it A, Welcome to the Jungle? Was it B, Gold Rush? Was it C, Jungle Fever? Or was it D, One Way Out? I'm going to shoot the waves. Uh, That is to the J-Man. It is A, Welcome to the Jungle. It is Welcome to the Jungle. Of course, that is the first Jumanji movie. I think one way out's a better title. So Universal, call me. I'm here to I'm here to make titles because they say multiple times in the movie there's only one way out of the town. Yeah, they, they uh, and Welcome to the Jungle. True. Yeah, they do say that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Charlie I, I can appreciate that. the Rock at the end of the movie when he says your 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 son was one tough rundown, Billy. But like, it just doesn't really stick. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Well, that is the title drop, which that uh, is the title drop. Needle drop. Wiggle, wiggle. Hallmark of the show. Chicka, number, chicka, uh, chicka, chicka, chicka. <laughs> number two, it is one nothing J-Man. Paul S. Power, who plays Martin, the beanbag shooting bounty hunter, has over 45 film credits. He's an illustrator and an artist. Uh, he was a storyboard artist for this movie. And he begged to be in the movie, and that's how he got into the movie. Uh, which of Jesus. these movies did he not work on? Because he's worked on a lot. Did he not work on? A, Podmaline, Cutthroat Island. B, St. Elmo's Fire. C, I'm going to get you, sucker. D, Robocop 2. Or E, Blind Fury. I'm going to shoot Wolfgang Stuck. Uh, the J-Man. Uh, I want to say I'm going to get you, sucker. I just feel like that's not the type of movie he'd work on. Incorrect. Paul S. Power had to draw up all the insane shit that happened and I'm going to get you, sucker. Holy smokes. All right. Fair enough. Would you like to hear your remaining selections, Chumzilla? Uh, Yeah, it's going to be the first one. Okay. The first one. A, Cutthroat Island. Yep. Done. Incorrect. Yeah. It's it's RoboCop 2. He did. Poor bastard. 
he did work on robocop oh okay yeah a blind fury was the one i thought you'd pick which is where rutger howard's a blind samurai (laughs) but okay we are at one zero still number three as we've discussed on the pod the united kingdom is weird about violence no nunchucks for example no nunchucks yeah which part of the action in this movie had to be cut from the uk version was it A, the whip slashing the knuckles? Was it B, a headbutt? Was it C, the rock smashing a flaming log over a guy's head? Or was it D, walking finishing off Kino in the camp ambush? Farts and sarts. J-Man. Slash to the knuckles. is. It is not a slash to the knuckles. Ooh. It is not. Could I have my remaining answers? Your remaining answers, Chumzilla, are B, a headbutt, C, the rock smashing the flaming log into a guy's head, or D, walking, finishing off Kino in the camp ambush. Headbutt. It is a headbutt. You're not allowed to headbutt in the UK, apparently. Really? England. Yeah. Wow. Peter Berg said that weird laws in the DVD commentary to this movie, which this may not be true because a lot of the shit they said in the commentary was very tongue in cheek, but they said headbutt. So. Really? No headbutts, no uh, uh, monkey humping, nunchucks either. Yeah, no nunchucks. Interesting. Yeah. So that's very interesting. Very mm-hmm. strange. Uh, yeah. We're at one to one with two questions. Okay. Go. All right. I'll Number shut up. Four. Stort F. Wilson, who plays Svensson, the whip wielder, has a side career as a stunt double for this action star. Is it A, Jason Statham? Is it B, Bruce Willis? Is it C, Vin Diesel? Or D, Harrison Ford? Farts and sarts. The J-Man. He, he definitely looks like him, so I'm going to go Jason Statham. That is incorrect. Man. I'm going with Bruce, Bruce Willis. Bald that, guys for the win. That is correct. Uh, yes! Should have gone Willis. So, I should have gone Bruce Willis. So through 2015... He had served as a stunt double for Bruce Willis over 14 times. Wow. Really? 14 times? Yeah. Wow. And you know Bruce Willis doesn't give a shit about acting his lines anymore, so you can only imagine how many stunts that required. That poor bastard. Yeah. He's dead. No, he's fine, I think. No, he might be dead. (laughs) He's been paid well, but he's dead. So it is two to one, Chumzilla. We have one question remaining. Mm Mm-hmm. This was essentially The Rock's second lead role. How much was he paid for it? Now, let's see. Was it A, five and a half million? Was it B, nine and a half million? Was it C, 12 and a half million? Or was it D, 16 and a half million? Uh, farts and sarts. J-Man, quick on the draw. I'm, so I know that he got paid five and a half million for the Scorpion King. Oh, that's a, so that's, a, say, that's an intense piece of knowledge. I know. I'm, I'm in trouble. Uh, I, golly, I, I, it's either A or B. Uh, it, let's. I'll go B. Nine and a half. Incorrect. Uh, what are my options? Thunder Wizard. It's five and a half, twelve and a half, or sixteen and a half. Oh, it's sixteen and a half. Final answer. Incorrect. You no, still okay. win. It was twelve. Damn it. And a half. Twelve. Get so out. that's it. You wonder oh, where that 85 damn. million came from. Well, he no, was overpaid there, there by $7 million. Jeez, so so I'll, I'll tell you the reason why I know that The Rock made five and a half million for the Scorpion King. Hey, that's mean. That's mean. 
Yeah. By the way, congratulations, Chumpy. Well done, my friend. Thank thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a uh, cry baby. So I'll definitely go ahead and give props when it's true. Um, I'll tell you why I know about uh, the Scorpion King, because I don't know if this record has been broken, but the rock set a record and universal did uh, obviously as well by paying the rock, the most amount of money to an actor in his first ever starring role. And they paid uh, rock yes. like they paid rock an obscene amount of money for the Scorpion King. They paid yes. him like five million. So I was like, either a rock got the same amount or he got a bit of a pay bump. I didn't realize it was that big a pay bump. Like shout out to the rocks agent, bro. Holy smokes. Well, uh, they million. were working some serious stuff. Yeah, that's Dude, big dollars. I, that's big uh, dollars. That's insane. That's an absurd payday. Vince got Vin Vin Diesel got twenty million for Fast Five and a producer hey. credit in two thousand and eleven. Just don't forget though. Also, Vin Diesel has uh, the Iron Giant. That movie's underrated, man. Yeah, it's great. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Does The Rock have a movie that makes you cry? No. Oh. Uh, there's a couple. Yeah, there's a couple. The Tooth Fairy certainly makes me cry because right. I have to watch fuck, him skate. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> no, actually, you know what? Moana's, Moana's a great movie. Uh, yeah, my daughter does love Moana. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, shout out to my wife. She watched Moana throughout her entire well, first pregnancy. Moana's got a lot of emotional beats to it. Yeah. Um, but I'm such sorry. Such as when the fire god is killed. Um, yeah. The grandmother part, not sad at all. Obviously, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, obviously, I'm kidding. Anyway, so yeah, me joking about Milan aside. Uh, yep, we are on to recommendations for this week. I tried to choose a fitting one, but I'll go last. We'll start with the J Man. What do you recommend for this week? You know, well, first of all, can I just uh, again once more? I'm so grateful that you guys allowed me to be on. Uh, always, it's always a pleasure to be guys to we to be with you guys. It sucks that Boss Ross and Cash and and McCheese weren't able to be here, but shout out to them. I appreciate them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks again, T Dubs. Um, for 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 recommendations, I got a. I'm gonna double dip. Um, firstly, I have been series on Netflix. I'm a big Selena fan. Um, it's not great at all by any stretch of the imagination it's actually kind of eh. but uh it's very interesting how they don't only just look at selena they also look at the different aspects of her brother being the production genius that he is and other different facets and they actually give you a deeper look into the woman who murdered selena like she actually you actually kind of see that she definitely had some mental health issues and had quite a like terrible obsession with selena um i'm like five episodes in out of nine on season two so if you like selena go check it out it's it's fine it is what it is and christian serratos does a pretty good job of selena not as good as j-lo but she's good and then my real recommendation because june 25th is literally right around the corner so please for the love of the good lord and everything that is holy watch all of the eight fast movies just do it. You won't regret it. I mean, I, I just finished them last week. I went fast, fast and the furious too fast, jumped to fast and furious, fast five, fast six, went to Tokyo drift, went back to furious seven and finished with fate. And if you want to add Hobbs and Shaw on the list, do it. 
you will have a terrific time and it will get you hyped up and ready to roll for fast nine, which drops in like two weeks and you won't regret it. Yeah, dude, I can't wait for fast nine. F9 seems like a computer thing. F9. F9 is going to be gross. It's going to be so stupidly great. <laughs> the, I, I can't wait. They they worked on some stunt apparently like an absurd amount of time. They've like prepped for it for like months and it's like eight seconds long. And I can't wait. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's crushing it in, uh, uh, overseas right now. Well, so you know it's going to crush it. had a monster here. drop because of uh, John Cena's gaffe. How dare he call a country a country? <laughs> oh, no. How dare he? No, oh, no. Uh, Big Johnny, Big, Big John is, is, he's perfect, but he's not always perfect. Yeah. He should have just said, you can't see me or hear me. I never, never said it. Uh, so thank you for that recommendation J-Man I'm going to give mine it is Jackie Chan's Armor of the God which came out in 1986 Uh, it is a treasure hunter movie a little bit it's about an ex-singer who turns into a guy who's after fortune and glory and then he has to go rescue his friend's girlfriend from a cult Uh, it's a typical Jackie Chan movie the plot really doesn't matter because the stunts are excellent but I chose it because it was similar to this in a way, but also because um, Jackie Chan's been hurt a lot in doing the stunts he does. But in this movie, he came the closest to death he's ever come. And it was a fairly routine stunt. They actually show you it in the outtakes. He basically jumps to a tree. The branches keep snapping for everyone he grabs. And he fell directly down to the rocks, fractured his skull, a piece of which went into his brain. It's just nuts. And then he came back and finished the movie, obviously. Uh, The guy is such a tough son of a gun. And there's some truly great action pieces in it. It's not the best of his movies, but it's a lot of fun. And then it has a sequel, of course, Operation Condor. Uh, I'd recommend either, but Armor of the God, which I had to watch on this app called Plex. It's free, so download the app. Yeah, download the app. It's got both of the movies on there, so. Nice. Enjoy it, Armor of the God. I loved uh, it. Jack I love Jackie Chan. Yeah, Jack is the man. But geez, Louise, did it, was he scary back in the eighties and the nineties when he was almost killing himself? Uh, movie. Yeah, and I'll I'll post something to the social like all like his like most dangerous stunts. There's like a little compilation video somebody did. And, yeah. I mean, the guy got hit by a helicopter. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, this like this stunt was not particularly dangerous, and the tree just couldn't handle the weight and. Uh, they, they show it to you in the outtakes, you know, as they always do. And like the outtakes for any of his movies, like, oh, here's all the stunts and here's where they went terribly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but he almost died. So, Jeez, yeah. All right. Uh, Chumzilla, you're the crazy, last one. Crazy, crazy, crazy. You're the last one for recommendations. What do you got? Uh, hey, I'm going to recommend the uh, album from a 90s metalcore band that I love, uh, Adrenaline from the band the deftones it's great don't judge it too hard it's a 90s metalcore band but those guys pretty solid and the drumming i think is outstanding so give it a listen the deftones adrenaline check it out okay well thank you for those recommendations uh remember you can find the show on facebook twitter or instagram at hops and Flops. you can find myself at writer tlk 
You can find the absent Captain Cash at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most social media, as well as the absent HBOF McCheese on Twitter. Uh, Chumzilla can be found at Chumzilla8 on Twitter. And check us out at wabamentertainment.com. I'm writing reviews uh, there. I'm going to continue to do some stuff like that. And that's where the pod's at. That's where the double turn's at. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe and connect with us on social media to share ideas for future episodes. Things are uh, ruminating, you can say. Second uh, yep. comic book, Superhero Month, perhaps, with uh, more obscure characters. Uh, anyways, Double Turn, uh, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you as well as your pod? Of course, yeah. Well, thank you again, man. Um, you can go ahead and uh, find the Double Turn on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the works. Um, again, you can also find us at Wabam Entertainment. So, you know, shout out to the homies over there and uh, shout out to you, T Dubs. I know that uh, I can't wait to start reading your blogs from uh, All Elite that you're going to be writing up for the for the website. That should be a lot of fun. Very much looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, check us out on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. You can find me, the one and only JMan19. You can find Ross at Boss Ross TDT on Twitter and Ross the Real Boss85 on Instagram. And then uh, the Double Turn on is on Twitter now at TDT Wrestling Pod. And uh, just gotta say, guys, keep up the great work. I appreciate you guys for having me on. It's always a pleasure to see you, and it's always a pleasure to collaborate. And it's Really even a better pleasure to always listen to the great stuff you guys put out every week. So keep up the great work. Well, we appreciate that. And listeners, be sure to tune in the double turn. And I'm going to try and uh, maybe appear with Ross at some point because I want to talk AEW because AEW is the best thing going. <laughs> I'm sure he'll appreciate that. Let's make that happen. We'll, it we'll is the get best. You on. Uh, so in the end, if The Rock presents you with two options, always choose the one that doesn't involve violence. Otherwise, you're an idiot. This is just sound life mm. advice, especially now when he could smash your head like a grape in between his bicep and forearm. What? Uh, we're going to see you next week for a special episode guest starring our beer bros from Hop Nation USA, The Void. Yeah.